And welcome back, everybody. Episode 58, Rounding Third of the Baseball Podcast. Uh, lots of good stuff to talk about. Lots of stuff for the Cardinals. Albert up to 693. The Dodgers lose a pretty important pitcher. We'll talk about how that affects them. Spicy and dicey, lock the week, all the usual stuff. Should be a good one. Today, Today I, consider I consider myself, myself the, luckiest the luckiest man, man on the face, on the of, the face of the earth. back james episode 58 how you been doing oh fantastic i mean it's been an exciting week of baseball uh, i feel like we've seen just some some guys on tear some some great things and i would start uh with a guy who i, I don't even know if he's on a timetable to be back uh this year i mean i imagine because he's making his rehab starts and crushing he comes back his tomorrow. rehab starts comes back tomorrow perfect uh Obviously, talking about Bryce Harper, who hit two home runs in his rehab game, which it's like it's almost sad to watch like these young kids just trying to pitch, get an opportunity for their family. You have a two-time MVP, the highest touted prospect probably ever in baseball. Um, you know, he's a teenager, just blast you into oblivion twice, um, basically ending a young kid's professional career. But it is what it is. It was good content for everyone else. Yeah, he was. So, so he played two rehab games. He was supposed to play through this weekend, but in two games, he went five for eight, two home runs, two doubles, six RBIs, including a game-winning double, walk-off double in his second game. So they were like, we've seen enough. Let's bring him back. And the Phillies, I mean, they control that five seed, the second wild card spot. They are right in the mix. So, I mean, you can't, can't complain about getting Bryce Harper back. And props to them because they really did not miss Bryce Harper. I mean, of course they missed him, but they didn't slow down at all. They kept winning. They kept themselves very much in the fight to get their huge superstar back. Um, and that's it's going to be big. They very well, we could see three teams out of the National League East in the postseason. Yeah, I think we will too. I mean, the Braves are pretty much a lock whether they – I mean, they're, they're kept sneaking up right on the Mets for the – the division, but the Braves, let's just put them at the four seed. That's already locked in. I think they have like a 10 game lead on the number one wild card spot. And then Phillies at two, Padres at three. Um, and the Padres have been slipping. So, I mean, the Phillies have a chance. I think they have a game and a half or a couple games lead for that five spot. And I think they hold it for sure. Yeah, I think it would be kind of fun um, just to see this Philly team there. They're fun in a different way because they're constructed so differently. They have no premiums on defense. They don't believe in defense, and they just mash home runs. It's it's a pretty unique approach. Um, it's interesting, too, if they make it after firing Joe Girardi early in the season. Um, I feel like that might be a testament to them. I mean, that being the right call. I'm not saying Girardi was the problem, but really the wake-up call for, for the team. Um, I mean, I think Joe Girardi is a great manager. Yeah, I it, it's weird looking back on that now. I mean, Joe Girardi, I think, is obviously a pretty good manager. Um, and they fired him early in the season. So, you know, who's to say they wouldn't pick, like, do all this with him still as the manager? But it is interesting to see. 
Uh, right now, they would go to Atlanta to play three games in the wild card round, which is a tough matchup for anybody who falls in that five spot. But um, get that little division rivalry going in the playoffs would be fun to see. This is huge, though. Bryce Harper is so fun to watch. I'm very happy he's back. And it was pretty awesome seeing him just just, just destroy these AAA players in Lehigh. Thing is, it went exactly how like it should, but that's not always the case. You know, you don't always see that. But he just went down there and was like, "Yeah, I am very clearly the best baseball player to touch foot in this stadium in the last five years." Um, <laughs> and it was it was pretty entertaining stuff. Um, so we'll see what's going on with the Phillies. Um, I don't know if there's anything really else that you're finding interesting at this moment. I will say the AL Central, the Twins have been on a little bit of a nosedive. I think it's on a five game losing streak. Um, so still in the mix, still above the White Sox, but uh, Cleveland is solidly on top. Still enough movement there, um, but that's kind of all that I've seen uh, recently. Yeah, let's kind of go with that guys. into uh, spicy and dicey. Let's just take that right in. We haven't done this in a while. Obviously, one team that's hot, one team that's not quite as hot. Um, so I'll, I'll kick it off. I'll kick us off, James, with the spicy team. To me, I'm going Cleveland. I mean, it's this is a pretty great spot for me to be in here because I could honestly pick either of my two teams that I support for this spot. Cardinals are red hot, won a series today in Chicago. Obviously, have been on a tear. One of the best teams, if not the best team since the All-Star break. Albert, Goldie, and Arenado all have seven home runs. Well, Goldie now hit two more today uh, since uh, the all-star break, but we'll get to them later. The guardians though have won 12 out of their last 16 games. They now have a four game lead over both the twins and the white Sox, who sit um, four games back of the guardians youngest team in baseball. They're just rolling. Jose hit two bombs yesterday in San Diego as they sweep the Padres. They're obviously the third seed. They would host the Mariners for three games right now, who they are playing a series all weekend against. But the Guardians are just, they find ways to win. Cal Quantrill, Tristan McKenzie, Shane Bieber, even some of those other guys like Savali and Plezak, they they find ways to get it done. Uh, I just think this team is fun and good, and I think the Guardians can really make some noise in the postseason. They get their bats hot. Who knows what will happen? Yeah, I love your read on that team. It really is like they they just find ways to sneak out wins in obscure spots that they shown it, and that is a mark of a really good team. You know, that's not a knock on them. It's it's the fact that they just get it done back against the wall. Uh, and I loved watching them just dismantle the Padres. I just think it's so funny. Like, have you get them a big flashy diamond ring for winning the trade deadline? Everyone lost their mind, and you're just getting swept by like Stephen Kwan. Like, just stop. Get out. I mean, just insane organization. Um, by the way, they are like fighting for their life to not be 20 games back of the Dodgers, which is comical. Um, literally not a real team. Uh, with that, though, Max, I will say, first of all, it's been so long since we've done one of these that I have to go completely off the fly because I'm a moron and fully prepped player watch uh, for Spicy and Dicey. <laughs> so my Spicy Team of the Week was going to be uh, Max Muncy. Um, upon further analysis and realizing <laughs> what we're doing and being a uh, media professional on the fly, a lot of good teams to pick from. I've got to pick the Braves. We talked about it, but they've been scorching hot. They have that lead on the Mets down to one game. Just had a huge weekend. 
series, which we'll talk about, where they did get the win over Houston. Unfortunately, dropped the one damn game I needed them to, uh, but we'll get into that later. But the Braves been on a tear. They're eight and two in their last ten. They have a three game win streak going on. Again, mentioned that big win in Houston, which that's a huge playoff implication type matchup. Got it done at home. They're just a wagon. I mean, this Braves team, they looked, they kind of have this culture going now last year with the World Series team this year where they kind of start slow, but by the end, they're just torching people. Um, again, they've got a real rock solid rotation, incredible hitters and locked up for like forever. Their deals are insane. It drives me nuts, the deals that, I mean, Ozzy Albies is actually getting paid like less than the fucking Cracker Jack guy. It's insane for the next like 43 years. Um, but Atlanta Braves, that is my spicy team uh, for now. Yeah, I mean, their contract situation is pretty crazy. They have now Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Ozzy Albies, Rob, R- Ronald Acuna, and now Michael Harris, all signed to long-term deals for the prime of their career. I think it was somewhat questionable, I would say, giving Michael Harris an eight-year deal after he's been up for like half a season. But, you know, they have faith in the guy. I like the pick. I'm super excited for the Cardinals Braves series this weekend. And the game that you didn't drop, the Braves didn't lose that game to Houston that you had the money on. They just didn't cover the spread, which was it, that's, it that's was an extra innings game. You need you would have needed like a home run to cover. Um, it it felt worse than a loss in all reality. I think that's the worst outcome in baseball. Like in all seriousness, when you are right there, and then you like, oh, sweet, the team that I bet on won, but I lost my bet. That's why, like, I deserve every bit of it. I don't know why I was screwing around with run lines. It just felt right. Um, but, obviously, we'll get into that. Max, who my is dicey your dicey team? team? Yeah, I, you touched on it a little bit. I, I'm going San Diego. I mean, the, all the hype was around this team. They get Juan Soto. Uh, they're going to get the big three, quote-unquote, back Machado, Tatis, Soto. Um, all of a sudden, boom, Tatis has gone out 80 games. Soto didn't play at all in the Cleveland series, suffering from back tightness. I'm sure he'll be fine. But this is the same Padres team that last year like was kind of in the mix for a while, and then towards the end of the season just fell off a cliff. And I, I'm worried that might happen again this year. They've lost seven out of their last 11 games um, and just haven't looked really good at all. They go to Kansas City. Yeah, they go to Kansas City this weekend, so maybe they have a chance to pick up some wins. But I'm just worried about this team. Right now, they hold the sixth and final wild card spot. They would go to St. Louis for three games, um, and the Brewers are right on their tail. So if they keep going in this sort of tailspin and can't, you know, focus up, they they're going to be in trouble. I think it's just a morale killer with the Tatis thing. Like, they every everybody was so high on them. They got Soto. It's going to be amazing. And boom, Tatis is gone and everybody's morale is down. The fans are down. Like it's just, it's a depressing thing when you lose your best player until, you know, a quarter of the way through next season. So it's got to be San Diego dicey. It's also like, not just for the morale thing. It's not just they lost him, but it's the way they did. I mean, his legacy will forever be changed. He can say ringworm haircut, whatever. It doesn't matter. Like at the end of the day, you either, you know, were on a banned substance or you weren't. Um, so there's some of that going on. I also, not to make it like Dodger bias, but I feel like it is a blow that the biggest series they played directly after that is Russell and they get swept. And it's just like, yeah, like 
I mean, there's not, you are perennially just like the little like unwanted stepchild of the Dodgers. You finally are ready to make a stand for yourself. And it's like it does like Juan Soto, Acuna, pick whoever you want in the league. You cannot beat the Dodgers in a four game series. Um, so, yeah, the Padres, I, I love having them on the list. I've got to go. And this isn't even my team, like not a hot take, but I'm just so pissed off about this organization that I have to drop it on there. And that's the uh, fake Los Angeles team. Uh, that's the Angels. I mean, what – I don't even get what's going on in Anaheim anymore. We've known they've been bad. And, again, Max, I mean, I go back to the start of the season when you're like, things are different, they're hot, look at them go. Of course, of course the Mariners passed them in the standings and are en route to a playoff, no question. Of course the Rangers passed them. But it's like you have Mike Trout. Who's been playing great the last week, I should add. Just came back, but still playing great. You have Shohei Otani. You have two of the best players in baseball, and you are 1-9 and nine over your last 10. And just a joke. I mean, I think at this point, I know they talked about kind of big news that I'm glad I get to touch on because of this. They're potentially, their ownership group potentially looking to sell now, um, which obviously I think kind of screws the Nationals who are on up for sale because, like, why would you not buy the team? And Anaheim, who has the best baseball player, locked up for the rest of his career. But, I mean, it's like, can we free Trout? How do we do, like, what is going on, Max? I know it's every year, it's every season, but, like, there's no hope. There is zero hope with that organization. Just dicey. Yeah, the Angels are just a bad team. And like you said, Artie Moreno, current owner of the Angels, who bought them in 2003 for $180 million is looking to sell after 20 years. Um, and I, I think the I think the Angels won the World Series in 2002, the year before he bought them. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure, yeah. The Angels won the World Series in 2002. Team's worth $2.2 billion. It's valued at that right now, so he can make a good return. I think he should sell it. It opens up the door for all types of possibilities with Shohei trades. Like, what are people going to be doing? How will this shake up the franchise? So it's interesting to see. But, yeah, the Angels are terrible. They're just really bad. Two players can't win in. Mike Trout's been out. So, as usual, um, it's tough. It's tough. I mean, so here's my question on the Shohei. Let's assume the team gets – gets. Uh traded whatever, either in the extension or they walk. So we have Aaron Judge, who's easily going to fetch $500 million on the market this offseason. What is Shohei's – assuming he signs one of the lifetime-type deals, 13, 14 years, what does he fetch? I have the over-under at $750 million, which I know is absurd, but when you realize the actual value and if he has an agent worth half a shit, and I don't know if, if his agent is Boris, it's, he's going to get a billion-dollar contract. But, I mean, he's an ace pitcher and would be the best hitter on most teams in the league. I mean, Yeah, I, I mean, there's obviously that upside that he's an amazing player on both sides of the – bat like he can hit incredibly well and he's also an ace of a pitcher that does open him up for potentially more injuries he's also you know only kind of been at this caliber for maybe three years right is like rookie year then he was hurt and then these past two years have been really good so you know we saw Michael Harris get the extension after just half a season but can you count on paying him and locking him down for eight to 10 years? It just seems like a bit of a risk to me, seeing how often pitchers 
face Tommy John injuries, plus the fact that he has to go bat four times, five times a game. It's a big risk, but Shohei Otani is, you know, worth what you pay for. I think he's he's a generational type player. We've never seen anybody like him. Um, so, you know, I could totally see a team like the Yankees or the Dodgers maybe giving him an insane contract just because of who he is and the potential he could provide for a team. Yeah, no, I, I think that's well said. Um, we'll see how that all plays. I would much rather the Dodgers just extend Trey Turner for the next decade than sign Otani, but they do have a pitching crisis to fix, which we'll talk about. I do, before we get out of Spicy and Dice, had a probably more accurate pick or one that's more relevant than the Angels because they have been bad for two months would just be the Twins. I know I talked about it, but they've been leading that division pretty much wire to wire all season and are just falling at the wrong time. Four games back and on the brink of being completely out of the playoff picture. Um, just sad. Byron Buxton's out. Uh, so not much hope for them. When when he plays, they're a great team. When he doesn't, they're mediocre. Um, so that's spicy and dicey, Max. Not player watch, contrary to what my notes say. <laughs> Well, let's go to some Cardinal stuff. We'll go Cardinals, Dodgers, then lock of the week, Sunday night pick them. Lots of stuff for the Cardinals. I mean, this team has been hot, but specifically, let's look back at this five-game set that just happened in Wrigley, specifically the unbelievable game one, thanks to really two people. But let's first start with the pitching performance by Jordan Montgomery. Throws a Maddox. Complete game, shutout, less than 100 pitches, gets the final out on his 99th pitch of the game. Nine innings pitched, one hit, seven Ks, retires 26 out of the 27 batters he faced. He was perfect, other than a double by Christopher Morrell. Um, it was, I mean, he was just dominant. Nobody could hit anything. He, I mean, he, look, everybody went down. It was 26 out of 27 players, uh, or 26 out of 27 out of 28 were retired. Um, whatever it is, I probably got that wrong. But Madrigal 0 for 4, 0 for 3, 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 all the way down. No walks, no errors, one hit, just absolutely dominant. Cardinals win 1 0 thanks to the 693rd home run by the best player in baseball right now, Albert Pujols, who I mean, he is just out of his mind right now. For a time, it seemed like 700 was, you know, an afterthought. It was no chance he would get there. Um, he was hovering at like 684, 685 for a while. And then he has just gone on a tear, hit seven home runs in 12 games, hit a monster at Wrigley to make it 693. I mean, Albert is something special. And having Albert, Goldie, and Arenado all super hot right now is a sight to see Goldie today in the finale of the Wrigley series hit two home runs which now gives him the lead he already had the lead in batting average gives him the lead in RBIs in the National League and puts him one behind Kyle Schwarber who is on the IL right now for home runs so one home run off of the National League triple crown which nobody has won the National League triple crown uh, since 1937 when Joe Medwick did it for the St. Louis Cardinals. So lots of stuff going on. Jamont's on fire. Albert's on fire. Goldie's the best player in the game. I mean, James, and, give me some of your well, thoughts. 
Well, first of all, you're missing another guy on fire, Corey Dickinson, who's 10 for 10 in his last 10 at-bats. I mean, it literally is like the St. Louis Cardinals are scorching hot right now, and this is their M.O. I mean, this is the time the Cardinals get hot, and it's why I am always perpetually scared of the Cardinals because you get them when they're scorching hot. You get them in a quick wild card game or quick three-game series, and it doesn't matter. If Goldie hits three bombs, it doesn't matter how good the Dodgers are. I mean, if Pujols is raking two home, if they're hitting six home runs, it doesn't matter if we march Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman out there. So, I mean, it's been incredible baseball from St. Louis. I think if you're not cheering for Pujols to hit 700, with the exception of maybe Cubs fans, I think you hate the game of baseball. I mean, it's such a special sight. I think we're all foaming at the mouth. And, I mean, I'm I'm hoping that he, he can get there. It's awesome that we're in the sweat now because for a while it felt like that was gone. And then you touch, I mean, Jordan Montgomery, since being traded, is the best pitcher in baseball. Like statistically, everything you look at is ERA is nearly below 0.5. It may have actually passed below 0.5 at this point. I mean, yeah, I it think looks prior like to New the, York. Prior to the trade, I think his career long was like seven innings. He His biggest problem with the Yankees and what Yankees fan always said was he couldn't go deep in games and. I mean, look at that 99 pitches. It's like 11 pitches per inning. I mean, it, that was, it was just a clinical performance. And I like what you said. You brought up the Dickerson thing. Went 10 for his last 10, all singles. Um, it did end today. He didn't He didn't keep it up. But that was a Cardinal record, too. Lars Newbar has an on-base percentage of like 470 since in the last month. Um, we're firing on all cylinders. I mean, looking at it now, in a guess, I guess there's still verdict could be out. There's still time to go. Harrison Bader trade looks like, I mean, chess from above. That, I mean, it looks like you traded for the best pitcher in baseball for Harrison Bader, who I believe still has not played in New York with his injury. I think he's still in the boot or at least working out of it, but has not played. Um, yeah, Cardinals are hot, so that's been exciting. I just hope Pujols does this. I mean, we deserve this. Um fans yeah and they have the one of the lighter schedules to close it out i mean we we host atlanta this weekend which will be a super fun series but then you know i i know we have more series against the cubs the reds the pirates the typical central teams um i think we play the brewers again for sure so you know lots more chances to get some wins and uh you know it's looking good we still have the three seed we'll get the three seed if we win the division we're six games over the brewers who are just kind of tumbling right now we'd host san diego then go on to play the mets then the dodgers so it's fun i mean that's fun that's a tough little series but like you said getting to i mean there's nothing as sweet as getting to just play the national league central to end your season i mean that is like beating up like disabled people i mean Those teams are so bad. Um, And I mean, I will say the one highlight of all those teams at this point for how bad they are is O'Neill Cruz. uh, RIP that the Dodgers traded him for a middle reliever who pitched like 16 innings for them in their history because he now in 60 career games has the fastest infield throw ever tracked, the hardest hit ball ever tracked, and the top five sprint speed ever tracked. I mean, dude's an animal. It just does not matter. He could go... He could go six for six somehow, and the Pirates would still lose 90% of their games. I mean, get him out of Pittsburgh, feel bad for the dude. Yeah. Well, that's the Cardinals. I mean, we talked on the Guardians. We talked about the Cardinals. Uh, 
spicy dicey. Talk about the Dodgers. Big news coming out of the Dodger camp. Very unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, this one was, it, it really was gut-wrenching. We already talked about last week how Walker Bueller was done. He was shut down for the year, had to have surgery. Um, and it was like, okay, little repair, we'll see. Turns out as they were in there working on the elbow, uh, he needed the full Tommy John surgery, his second Tommy John surgery of his young career, which is scary. I mean, it's not what it used to be. We've seen the recovery. I mean, look at Justin Verlander, who's top pitcher in the American League or top, at least top three at 39 off of it. Um, but the more surgeries you get, the longer the recovery, the more questionable. Um, and it's just really sad. I mean, Walker Bueller had a tough start to this season. But he's just awesome. I mean, he's awesome to watch pitch, just throws that butane. I mean, and it's a tough loss for the Dodgers. He is the ace. He's the best pitcher. And, you know, he was done this year. They're going well. The big question is how do they replace him next year? Because he certainly will miss. I mean, his only chance to play in 2023 would be if he rehabs and gets activated to pitch basically the NLCS and World Series. And even that would be a very aggressive everything goes perfect timeline um now of course dustin may's back but i'm thinking there's a couple options they have for a little one-year rental program next year uh the two names on my list that i'm targeting are justin verlander who could opt out of his contract and come to a real winner no trash cans no cheating just nothing but winning or dick mountain maybe the coolest pitcher in baseball history who is tired of losing in boston he's on the record as that he could come back home, throw another uh, perfect game that goes to extras where he loses the perfect game in the 10th inning, uh, but win a World Series ring, and that would be cool for Dick Mountain. So those are the two pivots in my mind. We will see if they sign anyone else. They also have a ridiculous plethora of incredible pitching prospects. Bobby Miller probably comes up. Andre Jackson may be a staple. Um, is Rich Hill year. slash Dick Mountain really – like? Is He's like on the decline here. Like he's so old. Is he really somebody you would want to pick up? Yeah, just for culture, like not for them being good. I think he's like your sixth man. Maybe you know, march him out there. Honestly, just get him out there pregame. Throw out every ceremonious first pitch. That's what I want. I just miss the mountain. I mean, the mountain in L.A. was such a classic. Um, Dustin May was pretty crazy in his first start back. I mean, that guy is that guy's got some stuff. Just wait. I'm very excited this weekend. We get a Dustin May, Sandy, Alcantara pitching duel. It's to me that is if you like pitching, that is must watch. Dustin May, I have said for the last two years, has the sickest stuff in baseball. I don't think he's the best pitcher in baseball, but the move like there's just so many pitches I watch come out of his hand where I'm like, how how do you get that movement on a hundred and two mile an hour fastball? Like he's got like eight, nine inches of horizontal movement on his fastball. Um, so he's just ridiculous. He's going to have to step up. And obviously, and this kind of segues into where I'd like to go with the Dodgers talk. And I made a TikTok about this. So shameless plug, go check out our TikTok, rounding third podcast, pod, rounding third pod um, on TikTok. Dodgers starting pitching max, I feel like does not get the respect that it deserves. Um and it's not, you know, I don't think anyone's saying, oh, the Dodgers starting pitching is bad. It's not that. But when you're talking National League, everyone is like, oh, Jake DeGrom, oh, Max Scherzer, oh, the Braves, understandable. Those guys are incredible. Going to be hard to play against. But you look at the top five in National League ERA, the Dodgers have 
the first place uh, in Tony Gonsolin. So also tied for MLB lead and wins. They have the third guy, Julio Urias, and fifth, Tyler Anderson, who maybe is questionable, but Kershaw is coming back. I mean, the rotation of Gonsolin, Urias, Kershaw, and May, and that being your your you know postseason starters, and then taking Tyler Anderson as a middle reliever. I feel pretty confident about that. I mean, it would be nice with Bueller, but it's not, I don't think they lose because of pitching um, in the playoffs. Yeah. I I mean, and Dustin may has an ERA of zero right now. I mean, he's one and oh, no runs given up. He's just not a qualified starter, obviously, but I mean, he is going to fit right back in the mix. I mean, I mean, obviously it's the offense that carries the Dodgers, I, I found I saw some interesting stat on Twitter because the the Dodgers faced uh, Sandy last weekend too, and uh, they also faced Corbin Burns, and they got all over both of them. Added zero point three six to Corbin Burns' ERA after dropping seven in like the second inning, and they added zero point two seven earned runs to Sandy's ERA. Which I mean, given that they're let's just say the average ERA is three. Adding 0.27 to 0.34 is a quite a significant jump from one game. So I mean, that, that's pretty good. They're pretty good. Which I'm not also, worried about the Dodgers. Yeah, that one. Them adding that is what made Tony Gonson number one in ERA, which is hilarious. <laughs> that the offense is even taking the pitchers up the leaderboard. I mean, that was crazy to see because I believe Sandy is the best pitcher in baseball this year, and they just did not care. I mean, it was just obliteration. Now I saw a bunch of uh, Marlins fans tweeting in and people tweeting, oh, the Dodgers must be cheating. It's like, well, no, this is what happens when you're not playing the Washington Nationals on repeat. Like, people can square up the ball. Um, I, will hey, say I mean, they're kinda, playing the Mets, Phillies, and Braves. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, I know it was a cheap shot because I just took the worst team in the division and ignored the uh, top three playoff teams or top three teams, <laughs> all playoff teams. So that's their pitching. The last kind of Dodgers – thing that I have and I threw it up on a Dodgers community I'm trying to figure out what does their postseason outfield look like I mean obviously Mookie Betts plays that's not even a question but then you have your left field position your center field position Max you have the likes of Cody Bellinger who's been their everyday center fielder you have Joey Gallo who they've traded for and has been actually very, very good since being traded. It has the best OPS of any player traded at the deadline. Um, so I was a little bit wrong there. Uh, and then also you have Chris Taylor, who has been pretty bad since coming off his IL, but still very solid guy. Gets it done in the playoffs, as you know. And lastly, Trace Thompson, who I think has been absolutely insane. Um, just, just playing incredible baseball offensively, defensively. How do you, as an outsider... Who do you put in those two positions out of that list of four? So, so two positions, as in you're saying, which I'm one, saying, oh, Mo- I'm saying Mookie is in right field, and and if they bench if they bench Mookie in the playoffs, I will kill Dave Roberts. That that's the tweet. Yeah, I mean, the thing I would say is I'm a little worried about Gallo's defensive ability. Um, you know, his outs above average has pretty historically been in the negative for any team he's played for. Um, I, I wouldn't necessarily love having him out there, although he does have a strong arm. He just threw a missile at home the other day. 
I like Chris Taylor. I think he's a clutch guy. He's been in the postseason before many times with the Dodgers. He knows what it's like, knows what it takes. If I'm the Dodgers, I'm going uh, Mookie and right, Belly and center field. Because Belly, I mean, look, he hasn't had, he's not living up to his MVP season. He's not that guy anymore. But year after year, he shows up in the big moments in the postseason. And also, he has really good defense. So he's a good player to have in center field. And I think Chris Taylor, kind of the same way. I mean, put him in left, put Gallo at DH. I, I, th- I just think that's the way to go and then figure out the rest of it from there. Interesting. Because, see, the, still their team gets complicated, though, because then you have this Justin Turner, Max Muncy, either fighting for third or DH. Uh, right. W- with that as well with Gallo. I like that. I think you have to play belly. That was the consensus I got last night on Twitter. I mean, dude's just too good defensively and hits the clutch bombs. Um, so we'll see, but it's a good problem to have too many qualified outfielders that are beast. Yeah. And also, I mean, you can mix and match it, right? Like some days Muncie's in there, some days Gallo's in there. Gallo can also be a, you know, a big time player to have come in and pinch hit against a righty, uh, you know, late in a game, get a fresh Joey Gallo swing, swinging for the fences against a right-handed pitcher. I, I think that's a great option too. Yeah. It'll be fun to see how they're, how Dave Roberts navigates their lineup um, this fall, especially because Will Smith, the other thing I'd add is when Kershaw's pitching, you know, Austin Barnes is his personal catcher, although he may uh, he may not do that in the playoffs. But Will Smith has been amazing this year. Still the biggest, I won't say the biggest, one of the biggest all-star snubs. I mean, he was better in every statistical category, but he's been, I mean, he's properly their cleanup hitter, deservedly so. So that's been awesome. To watch, and that's that's kind of my Dodgers talk for the week. I mean, the, Do- the Dodgers are eighty six and thirty seven. I mean, they set the franchise record for wins last year at one hundred six. They are going to obliterate that. They're I on mean, pace for one thirteen. One thirteen. I mean, that's unbelievable. I think one of my locks at the very beginning of the year was Dodgers over a hundred wins. So, yeah, which feeling good about all- that? Also, in their last fifty games, they're forty one and nine, which is pretty good. <laughs> That will get the job done. That's 84%, yeah. right? I can't wait for some postseason baseball because, I mean, you can throw everything in the regular season out. It's one seven-game set. But the Dodgers are going to be a tough team to take out in the National League for sure. But how about we go lock of the week, James? Last week, kind of a similar thing happened for the second week in a row. I take a weekend series and you take some type of bet for the Saturday middle game. I win the series and you lose the middle game. Although the Braves did win that game just by one by one on a Travis Darno walk off. Uh, so didn't get the cover of minus one and a half that you bet on. Get now gives me a two game winning streak and you a two game losing streak. I think I'm still behind in the standings not by much anymore but um any thoughts on that tough loss yeah i mean we touched on it a little bit earlier again i considered it a loss for the braves i'm sure they feel great about a walk-off win but i really only care about my bet slips and they didn't they just didn't get the job done faults on me i almost took the money line but it was like that's too boring um I mean, my main takeaway, though, is I'm definitely making you take your lock first. I'm not going to have you come behind me and take the series again and just, you know, steal my thunder as I get stabbed in the heart on Saturday. I mean, Saturdays have been a bad day for me historically. 
historically meaning the last two weeks, but data. Yeah, this this has been tough for me. I, I've been kind of all over the place. I haven't known what exactly I want to take because I'm also considering we're doing the Sunday night segment, which I think will be interesting. But I'm going to game tomorrow. One game, a game I'm super excited for. Uh, my spicy team, the Guardians, in Seattle playing the Mariners. Odds are are out. It's even odds. Shane Bieber versus Logan Gilbert, 10-10 on Apple TV+. Plus. I'm going guards win this game. Uh, I just think they're hot. Bieber's been pitching really well. Gilbert has, you know, he started off really well, and he still had an excellent year, but I, I'm confident that the guards can get over him. Um, also, I, I'm just looking right now. The Guardians lost tonight, so they're going to be coming ready to uh, not lose back-to-back games. I like Bieber and the Guardians tomorrow night, even odds. I like the pick. Definitely was on the watch list. I like that pitching matchup. It's going to be fun because I think it's fairly even, although Shane Bieber has a much larger track record of success. Uh, I almost took the guards in the series. Uh, I think Luis Castillo just being clearly the better pitcher on Saturday kind of gave me some hesitations there, but I like that pick. I like the back-to-back logic and, We'll see. That's going to be like a fun game. That's just like Cleveland, Seattle. They're fun teams to watch. They score in interesting ways. Um, so that's going to be awesome. I like the bet there. I'm kind of stalling because I'm all over the place, Max. I really, <laughs> I have a bunch on the sheet. I'm not sure how I want to go. I have, I have a bet that could be inflammatory for you, and I'm half tempted to pick that. Um, but I don't think I can. I think I want to pick a bet – in the game that I talked about that being Sandy versus Dustin May, in my opinion, the best pitching matchup we're getting this weekend for just pure electricity. Um, and I don't even know how I want to go on this because I just think Sandy is too good to get shelled twice, but it's also like they chased the best pitcher in baseball off the mound in three innings. I'm doing it. Dodgers are going to beat Sandy on the Saturday game, 6-10. No run lines, no tomfoolery, nothing but money lines. Dustin, money line May. Dodgers get it done Saturday game. If this loses, I'll never bet another Saturday game this week or this uh, season, which isn't true. But um, that's what I'm thinking about, Max. I don't know how you feel about that. It's kind of questionable because Dustin May could also get shelled his second start since coming back. No, I, I like it. I like it. You gotta, you gotta put faith in your team. Um, Dustin May has great stuff. The biggest question mark, you know, I think there are a few question marks. You gotta trust Dustin May, obviously, but you gotta trust you can get all over Sandy again, which is is not an easy ask, and to do it two games in a row. But I mean, the Dodgers are whatever I said, eighty six and thirty seven. So if anybody can do it, it's them. Uh, I'd be very confident Dustin May is going to slice up the Marlins. I uh, see. I would say I was worried about picking, um, you know, Sandy to get shelled again because of that. Like you're not going to get housed back to back. But I was looking at all the data. Every single game Sandy has pitched against the Dodgers, they're amongst his worst ten games of his career. Uh, I think it's just something about the pressure playing, like knowing, like okay, there's going to be a lot of attention here. You know, I, you know, 
I mean, he could be, if Sandy came to LA, another Sandy pitcher, who knows, like it could be statue season. So I think he <laughs> sees it all as a tryout and just gets a little too nervous. You know, when the scouts are in the stands, moments too big. I think the moment's too big here. Uh, I, I like the LA pick. Max, here's a question I have for you, though. How do you feel about Jordan Montgomery on Saturday? Because I almost took that game, but I'm just like, at some point, I think Jordan Montgomery is really good, but at some point, I'm like, he's going to, like, he can't just be a sub .5 ERA pitcher the rest of the season, right? Or am I wrong? <laughs> it's funny. I was I was totally dead set on picking that game as my lock until we started the segment, and I was like, I don't know, because I was like, well, we're going to do the Sunday night pick them, which is the Cardinals, so I'm going to pick the Cardinals then, and so I don't want to pick them tonight. I should just pick the whole series. So I switched it up, but... I mean, I don't know. I mean, he was, he's was he been absolutely electric. He had the game of his career, the best pitching performance of the entire season uh, on Monday night. Uh, and, and I don't love Charlie Morton. I think he's past his prime, and I think the cards with their at home, uh, I, I think they can get all over him on a Saturday night. Bush is going to be packed. It's Hall of Fame night. They're going to induct Matt Holliday, among others, into the Cardinal Hall of Fame. It's going to be a madhouse in St. Louis. So, you know, I, I would like to think the Cardinals would win that. Uh, so I think that would have been a good bet, but I just didn't go with it. I It was on my short list. So, I mean, maybe people should tail that, but I feel like there's also an argument in the other way, which is just like at some point, Jordan Montgomery is going to have, have a start. I mean, everyone has it. Um, well, that's the lock of the weeks. So we'll see how we square back up. I think we have the chance to pull even with each other, Max, if that's I drop right. another Saturday game, uh, which I'm happy for you, not happy with my own performance. Um, but it, I almost took, I will say this, I almost tried to beat you by making a parlay and taking uh, Jordan Montgomery to win that game and the Braves to win the series and just like beat your own logic. Um, but I was like, I'm getting too complicated. Stick with what you know. And what we know, Max, we have an awesome Sunday night baseball game to preview. That is right. I think it's the Cardinals for, God, I I, mean, I don't remember. Maybe the fourth time. They've been on there quite a bit. Um, but Braves at Cardinals, great matchup. I mean, if you look at the games across the slate, it's probably, I'm looking now, it's definitely the one I would take. Um, it's awesome. Jake Odorizzi versus Adam Wainwright, two of the best teams in the National League for sure. It's going to be electric at Bush. Um, I have no complaints about this one. Uh, any any thoughts? I guess real quick, what was last? Oh yeah, we had the Little League World World Classic, Little League Classic, Red Sox Orioles. Both of us got it right again. Orioles win it. Um, Which is crazy because we knew when to pick the Red Sox and when not to. Both times I think right. we picked the upset and got it right. Uh, I mean, I, actually, I, I would have been interested to see the odds on that Orioles game. It probably should have been exactly even. Um, but pretty fun game. You know, seeing the Orioles run down the little the hill, the classic hillside was pretty cool stuff. Um, I think, Max, and maybe I'm insane – I think it would be a hundred X better content if you actually had the little league world series game on the little league field and you just had like a 75 home run game. And they just, I don't know how you do it with like, cause like literally you could put Albert in there and he would have hit 700 because the walls are 210 feet away. Like 
and that would be so fun to watch. Like just pit, that's where you pit Cincinnati and Chicago because none of those pitchers' ERAs matter. No one's stats matters on either of those teams. Just let them beat the hell out of each other. It's basically a right. home run derby, but with umps and like real pitching. Be so classic. Yeah, I think I saw some stat where somebody looked at who the home run leaders would be if they used if they always played in that, and it was like it was it's like Simeon, Simeon. yeah, it was like random dudes. <laughs> Dude, Marcus Simeon's a savage. Um, very excited for Texas going forward because Corey Seager is also a savage. But they also fired their manager recently, as of news. Yeah, Chris Woodward. Um, <laughs> most loss, most one run losses this season by a landslide. But we're getting off track with the pick of the week, or the sorry, the Sunday night pick them. Cards Braves, great matchup. Both these teams, uh, some of the better clubs in the National League. Both are teams that I think make some noise in the postseason. I think we have a pretty even matchup here, Max, and obviously we know which way you're going to go. I think in the interest of content, because I'm pretty split, I think this could go either way. I'm picking the Braves. I'm taking them. I'm going to bet on the fact that Jaymont does get it done. He sticks to his guns. Pitch is incredible, and the Braves are not going to take a sweep or back-to-back losses. Um so I like them, but I also will not really be rooting for the Braves. Um, but I think it's important we've had the same pick the entire life of the pick them. Let's give some uh, switch. Let, let's get something going. I like it. I'm super excited for that game. Lots of good matchups. And we're getting closer and closer to the postseason. Our next episode will be in September. So you know, we're getting close. September 1st should be the next episode. So we're inching closer and closer to the best time of the year, baseball in October, the postseason, the playoffs. I mean, it's going to be, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Both of our teams in the mix, guardians in the mix. I mean, it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. I mean, the teams that I think are going to be in this, it's just fun. Like it's some fun baseball that we're about to watch. So pretty epic stuff. I will also say just a random note. I am really hoping this weekend, uh, I think it's Friday night or Saturday night. Pretty sure it's Friday. But the guy who plays the trumpets and Edwin Diaz's uh, walkout song will be there in person. And if he gets a save opportunity, he's ripping the song in person, which could potentially lead to the most electric crowd moment in the history of baseball. So I'm really hoping we get a save situation there because, you know, if he's ripping that live, um, those Mets fans are going to go nuts in City. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I saw that. That's that would be amazing. I think the song is called Narcos. Uh, that that would be so funny. Uh, it's going to happen. Just, I mean, you know, it's going to happen. Just while we're actually kind of two things. Just while we're talking saves, one I saw a tweet of some Mets fan who was complaining that Mister and Mrs. Met were not playing the trumpet correctly like when imitating the song and some dude turned around and goes, dude, they have baseballs for heads. Um, One of the funniest (laughs) tweets I've ever seen just as a moment to think that happened. And then two, I just want to say this because I prepared for it, but had spicy and dicey actually been player watch, which I thought it was my dicey, terrible player uh, of the week is Josh Hader. Um, I think it's notable. He got traded to San Diego has not, had a save in San Diego. His last save was July 29th for the Brewers. Uh, his ERA in August, 12-4-6. His ERA in July uh, is a 12-5-4. Uh, 
and his ERA over the last 15 days is a 16.2. Uh, so it's pretty crazy that in one year we saw arguably the best closer in baseball go to virtually unable to throw a pitch without it getting smacked the other way. Yeah, I, I've heard that they like are giving him time like away from the team or giving him different opportunities. I think in the guard series, the guardian series against them, he came in like a weird spot. Like the game was out of reach. They gave him an inning, but it is, it's strange. I, I like, I don't know what's happening to him earlier this year. He was on that crazy scoreless inning streak was unhittable. And now, I mean, what's well, also crazy. He's still tied for, first in saves in baseball at 29 and he just has not gotten a save for a month which in itself is insane shows how good he is but if you're saying if you are san diego what an l i mean it's just hilarious they're celebrating this deadline the incredible closer you got cannot get a save the one dude you got if he's playing is only playing decent at best and the big three is not going to be assembled because ringworm (laughs) yeah yeah, and, and from a Brewers perspective, I mean, they haven't been good since the trade either. I heard somebody in the organization say, like, it sent the wrong message to the team, like getting rid of this all-star wasn't what they wanted to do. So that that was definitely an interesting trade from both sides and kind of seeing how it's played out. The big winners in all this are the Cardinals because the Brewers got worse and the Padres are now out of the wild card hunt, basically. Cards on top, and that's uh, feel like that's a good place to end this show, Max. Yep, I'm good with that. It was a good episode. We'll be back next week in September. Hopefully, the Redbirds and the Dodgers keep rolling, and we'll talk to you guys next week.